happening. What is up, guys? Welcome to this week's episode of What is Happening? I'm your host, Townsend. Last week, if you listened, I was talking about airplanes and anxiety. And I'm here to tell you I survived my trip. I did not have to be admitted to a hospital for a panic attack. All is good. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. No, but I'll just say it was a great trip. The planes were okay. The TSA searching was quick. It was fine. I, in fact, did not accidentally pack a gallon of water or any explosives. So that's a plus. Again, not that I ever would, but you can listen to last week's episode. Anyway, I do have a problem with, so I got on several different planes. You know, you fly from one state to the next. It's a connecting flight. And I don't understand why some of the flights, some of the planes are the size of Texas. I've got plenty of room. It's like a Cadillac. Seats go back. Everybody's comfortable. You've got your own armrest. Like, they measure people a realistic way. Okay, I've got room space. I can put my bag under the chair in front of me. It's good. Compact, but we all fit comfortably. And then you get on the next flight. And don't come at me that this is a a shorter flight, so it's smaller. That's not it. It's the same distance. But this plane is made for children. Okay, they didn't take into account the average American size or height. Mm Mm-mm. They just made this plane really quick and got it out. And they were like, oh, you want compact size? Here you go. And they're like, no, we didn't say compact. We said Cadillac. I don't know. We got in. I've got the inside seat by the window, which I love the window seat. That's great. But I feel like I'm an average size height. And my knees are touching the chair in front of me. You're sitting straight up 90 degree angle like you're in a wheelchair. There's no going back. If the guy in front of me leans back even a degree, he'll be laying in my lap. We'll be having pillow talk. That's how tight this space is. A little claustrophobic. I almost feel like I'm stuck in a Ziploc bag. I don't know. Super weird. I don't understand why they vary so much. And it's just like a pick of a straw. Like sometimes you draw the short straw and you get the tiny compact plane made for children. And the next time you get the big straw where your chairs fit and everybody gets along comfortably and you're not having pillow talk with the person behind you because you leaned your seat back one degree. So I don't know. I don't get that. I could go without that. But here we are. So I flew out to California. I am from Arkansas. In case you can't hear the hick in my accent, um, Californians will point that out to you real quick. Everybody there, where, where are you from? What What is happening with the English language in your mouth? So I don't really know what I sound like. I can't hear it, but apparently it's horrific. <laughs> no, it's observable. That's for sure. It's definitely audible. People hear it. That's for sure. But whatever. So I get to California. I'm literally looking at my phone. I'm trying to find an Uber. I'm on the plane. Looks like there are plenty of Ubers. Plenty. Because we're at the airport, Right. So I'm like, okay, great, I'll deal with that after I get my bag. So we go down, and you know your bag, getting the bags out, it's like a circus act. You never know what's going to happen. Last time I flew, I kid you not, a suitcase came out. It hit, cracked open, and crabs crawled out, hundreds of them. That was super weird. That didn't happen this time. Like I said, it went pretty well, went pretty well. But anyway, so the, the bags are going around. I find mine, and I'm like, okay, let's book an Uber. And I look down, and I go to click 
$40 Uber to the hotel, it immediately switches to $85. Right there in the blink of an eye. What? No. So I refresh, refresh. The price just keeps going up. And so I realize when they when they know that a plane has come in and landed and these people are stranded in an airport, they can jack their prices up, which is crazy. Smart. I get it. But dang, dang, I'm about to be walking all over California. So that was the first experience. I get there and I spend 100 bucks just to get down the street to my hotel. That's a bummer, but it is what it is. Speaking of that, I get there. I One thing I learned is that, praise the Lord, I live in Arkansas. I can't afford to tie my own shoes in California. Like it, The prices are outrageous. I know you hear about gas prices on the news all the time, but I didn't even drive. I took Ubers, overly priced Ubers, but we've already discussed that. I'm talking, I went down for continental breakfast. I stayed at a hotel, and they said, We'll have a warm breakfast ready for you in the morning. Just come down. It's served at 7 a.m. to 11 a.m. And so being from Arkansas, I think, great. Continental breakfast. My mind fills that in. I set my alarm, and I'm like, I'm going to get me a good breakfast before a day full of music. And so I walk down looking like trash. And I grab, first off, their breakfast consists of a little bitty, like, island like Kitchen Island, of prepackaged tiny muffins, probably the size of, you know, a mini Reese cup, like tiny, tiny, right? Prepackaged bags of oatmeal, prepackaged muffin, like uh, biscuits, not muffins, and cereal, like little boxes of cereal you get from the grocery store. So I grab a biscuit and a muffin and I go up and I'm like, hey, how do I, do y'all have drinks? How does this work? And he says, oh, that'll be $29. And I'm like, I'm sorry. For what? He's like, well, breakfast is $29. If you want a hot breakfast, that'll be downstairs and that'll be $39 per plate. You've never seen somebody chunk a muffin so fast in their life. I'm sorry. You want $29 for a bite-sized, pre-packaged, crusty muffin? You've lost your mind. Thankfully, I prepared packed like two boxes of Cliff Bar, so I marched my happy poor self back up to my hotel room, and I enjoyed myself an Arkansan breakfast bar. Smashed from the airplane, and it was delicious. Pretended it was a pancake. Okay. Goodness gracious, all jokes aside, for real. California's expensive. The only thing I could afford while I was there, it was my birthday. Happy birthday to me. I spent it in California. I thought this is the perfect way to spend my birthday gigging in beautiful state of California where the weather is 75 and sunny at all times. Well, you know what? Like I said, the Uber last night to fly out was $100. So I was like, it looks as though, and I can't afford breakfast, right? Breakfast is $39. No, thank you. And it looks as though there's a McDonald's right around the corner. And I thought, you know what? That's within my price range. So I decided I'm going to walk to McDonald's. It's California. It's beautiful. I get outside. It's raining. I've packed shorts and a t-shirt because it's California. So I'm walking to McDonald's. Turns out, Siri underestimated. So I walk like a mile to McDonald's in the rain. Oh, it's not 75. 
It's like 64. In the rain. I get to McDonald's. It was delicious. A little depressing, but it was good. The worst part was this hotel was up on Mount Everest. So I had to walk that mile back uphill after delving into McDonald's. So it was kind of sad. But I thought, you know what? I had McDonald's on my birthday in rainy, cold California. Said no one ever. But I had a gig that night. Super uh, bougie, I guess, place. Beautiful, beautiful. Oh, my goodness. And I think it's going to be great. And so I get all my stuff together. There's even a dress code. Like, you got to dress to the nines for this gig. And I think, you know what? This will be perfect. It'll be my birthday. I'll make tips. And that will buy me a birthday dinner. And it'll be good. And so I get ready. And I'm like, super, what do I need to wear? I need to look good. I need to do my hair. And if you know me, that's not usually how that goes. I'm just kind of like, it do be what it do be. You get what you see. And so I show up at my gig. And it's packed. There are a lot of people there. But there's one person in particular that made this night what it was. So let me paint you a picture. This, this venue is beautiful. Huge. When I pull in, there are Bentleys parked in the front. Not just one, multiple. Next to the Bentleys, you've got your Porsches. And not just Porsches, like the Sport. Limited edition Porsches. And beside the Porsches, you've got people that take your car keys for you. And they park your car and they take your jacket off. Like, this is, this is the place to be. I've never seen anything like this in Arkansas. It's not jacked up trucks with testicles hanging off the back. I don't know what it is. So I set up my gig. I'm playing. I'm really excited about this. People are not really interested in the music. I'm trying to read the room, play songs that people want me to hear. And I take my first break. And I'm like, okay, I'll be back shortly. So I go around and I'm passing out business cards. And I'm like, hey, thanks for listening to me, to the people that seem to be paying attention. And there's this gentleman dressed nice in a suit, head to toe. And he's older. I'm going to guess he's about, he's in his 80s. Um, just because it makes the point of my story, I'm just going to let you know he was about 400 pounds. Okay, so this 80-year-old, around about 400-pound man, in his suit and tie sitting at the table. He calls me over. So I come over happily. And he's talking about my music. But the weird thing about this, it starts off kind of normal. He starts off introducing himself, but his introduction is how rich he is, how successful he is, and all these things that I might know him from. And I'm like, that is fantastic. My tip jar's up there. Oh, it's my birthday. You know, the usual like, hey, I'm a starving artist. Feel bad for me. <laughs> So we're chit-chatting, and when I say we're chit-chatting, I mean him. He's patting himself on the back, but that's cool. Whatever. And I'm like, that's great. So I pick out a business card, and I go to give it to him. He literally looks at it and throws it off the table, and he said, I don't do that. I'm like, okie dokie. And then he goes on to say, he wants to hear songs he knows. And I'm like, okay. So anyway, I go back and I play. Like, this man took up my whole you know, 15-minute break. He actually went over. It's more like 20 minutes, and I literally am like, I've got to go. So I kind of just crawfish out of this situation, right? So I get back up, and I play. This is a long story long, but stick with me. It's worth it. So I play my next set. I'm in the middle of this next set, and this gentleman that we just discussed, in the back of the venue, whistles. 
And I'm like, I'm in the middle of a verse, guys. And I'm looking around like, who are you whistling at? And he points at me and he, he motions for me to come over. Okay. I'm in the middle of a verse. I'm finishing my job. I feel like that's pretty obvious. I'm amplified. Got a guitar hanging from my neck. But I give him the benefit of the doubt. And so over the microphone, I'm like, I'll, I'll come over there when I'm done. You know, I'm here to do my job. So anyway, my break comes up. He's whistling at me to come over. So I'm like, okay, maybe he's got something great. Maybe he's passing me down his Bentley. He's making me his POA, power of attorney. Not. So I walk over to this gentleman. And he says, what's the point of you being here if you're not going to play any songs people know? And so I go to say, oh, I'm sorry. I assumed you knew the Rolling Stones. Guys, prepare yourself. This gentleman takes his pointer finger. He reaches up from his seated position up to my mouth where I'm standing and shushes me. Not just once. He goes on to talk about how you should play all these artists, honestly, I've never heard of. And I'm like, oh, okay, I understand. He then proceeds to take his pointer finger and place it on my mouth. Shh. Again. And he does this over and over. By the end of this 20 minutes of me trying to explain how I just played Dolly Parton, the Beatles, the Rolling Stones... Randy Travis, all these legends that I feel like they should know. By the end of this, I never got any of these words out because there was a large man's finger placed at the tip of my lips, shushing me every time I went to talk. I almost bent his finger back like a bent back paper clip. Okay, don't touch my mouth. Okay, okay. So I held my cool. I feel like I'm a very patient person, especially when it comes to business. Like, this is business, not personal. And I'm like, get your finger out of my mouth before I bite it off like a pit bull. I didn't say that. I was just like, okay, so go back. Time to play again. So I start playing my guitar. My gig starts again. I'm on, like, my third set. I'm tired. It's been three hours. Okay, I'm sweating. This is the only interaction I've had the whole gig, so I'm kind of deflated and really confused by this interaction. This is not usually how it goes. So while playing a set, I make sure to call him out. I'm like, hey, I'm about to play Dolly Parton. I feel like you probably know her. And I play the song. Next song, I call him out. I'm like, hey, I feel like you might know so-and-so. I'm going to play this song just to make sure he realizes, like, I'm playing songs you know. You're just not really paying attention. While I'm doing this, he's ticking off all the waitresses. He's making a big deal. His food's not right. The TV's not on the right channel. All these things. So it's not just me, and I'm realizing that. So I'm playing my gig. He gets up and walks to me. I see him coming. I'm in the middle of the song once again, and he comes up pretending he owns the whole place, and he says... So how does you expect me, I hear you keep calling me out, so when I request a song, what do you expect me to pay you or something? And I said, well, actually, funny you should say that. It's like a jukebox. If you request songs, especially more than one, you put a little money in the jukebox, and I'm happy to play whatever you want. But before I could finish this sentence, his phalange ended up on my mouth again, shushing me. 
but this time I'm super irritated at this. And I want to be like, you better get ready to throw some bows, brother, because I'm about to fold your clothes while you're in them. We're about to duck and go at it, okay? Oh, goodness, guys. The Lord got a sense of humor. I love geriatrics. But this one really tested my patience. So anyway, he goes back to his seat. At the end of my gig, I'm finishing, I'm packing up. He comes up and he says, have you ever played at Las Vegas? And of course, per usual, I think we're catching on now. I go to say whether I have or haven't. He shushes me and he says, obviously not. We can all tell. And he walks off. Oh, and then he, oh, 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 I missed the, oh my gosh. I missed the biggest part. During my break, when I'm over there talking to him and he's shushing me, he tells me the only thing I have going for me. Get this. This is why I told you, I painted you a picture of him. Okay, so picture like Colonel Sanders, like a real large mustache, but it's not, it's not um, done. Okay, so it's kind of just crazy. Crazy long white hair, beard, glasses. He's got a suit and he's around about 400 pounds, like I said. He's just told me how rich he is, how successful he is, is all these things I should know about as an Arkansan, somehow. He tells me the only thing I have going for me to hush is my body and my smile. Now, if you're a female listening to this, I know you just went, no, he didn't. If you're a male listening to this, you need to think, no, he didn't. Okay, that is not the way to talk to anyone ever. That is not a compliment ever. Now, if you want to tell me I'm beautiful, love it. Thank you so much. But don't ever say all you got going. No, that is not a good start of any conversation ever unless you want your face knocked to the back of your body. Okay, not good. It was crazy. It was the wildest interaction I've ever had at a gig. It was really strange. It was very, very strange. And so I said my prayers. I forgave myself for the thoughts I had about knocking a man into a a highway, a busy highway. I'm kidding. I'm not kidding. Um, But other than that, it was good. It was very strange. I feel like with music, especially as a female, you have to have thick skin. And the more you do it, the more you get used to it. Like there are just, there are just people out there that don't know how to communicate well and, um, Yeah, so there's that. In conclusion, he did not tip. I did not get myself a birthday dinner from him. And it was a very weird birthday, I'm not going to lie. California was cold, rainy, and uh, gentlemen drove their Bentleys and, you know, $800,000 car up and told me the only thing I had going was my body and my smile. Thank you, kind sir. Thank you. Golly. When I got home, it was a great trip. Let me finish that. It was a great trip. Uh, the conference that I went to was amazing. Amazing connections. There was only one time. No, I take that back. We all know. I get nervous when I perform. But there was one time that stuck out that I legitimately thought like I needed a depends because I was going to wet myself. Um, I went to a dinner, which was a private dinner. And it was talking about this new release, this new product that wasn't even out yet for this huge guitar company. And so it's a private dinner. You go, like, it was an honor to be invited. 
It's real intimate. We're eating dinner. And the man flew in from China. And he knows English, but it's just kind of broken up. And so he gets up and he gives a spiel about this guitar. It's very broken up, but you get what he's saying. And he's like, this guitar is one of a kind. Okay, so he does a spiel. It's a beautiful guitar. Well, he has flown people from all over the world to play this guitar for all of us so that we can hear and see how wonderful this guitar is. It's really cool. So a guy from Portugal gets up. He plays. Beautiful. A guy from the UK gets up. He plays. Ah, it was stellar. And when it's over, and another guy from China plays. So all over the world, literally. So I go up to introduce myself, tell him, you know, I'm a singer-songwriter from Arkansas, and his guitar's beautiful. And he says, you, play guitar on stage. And I'm like, I'm sorry, huh? He's like, you, play my guitar and sing on stage. I'm like, I'm sorry. <laughs> There's been a miscommunication. Um, I no longer remember how to play guitar, and uh, I need to change my pants. So this gentleman wants me to get on stage at this intimate dinner after people that are like world-winning guitar players and sing him a little something-something. Now, I don't know if you've ever been put on the spot. You remember nothing. Like my memory, shoop, it was like somebody went in and cleared my hard drive. I can't even remember how to walk to the stage, much less a song to play. It was, it was it was incredible. It was a great opportunity. Nonetheless, I made it home. It was wonderful. It was so cool. I can't go on. Brandy Carlisle was there. I was like three inches away from her. She had about 30 guards around her. And when I asked if I could meet her, they're like, no. And I was like, yes, sir. Got it. Uh, Stevie Wonder was there. Some other huge bands. People all over social media. It's just the coolest. Okay. I get home. And I see some of my friends, and the first thing I hear, my friend says, man, you look really white to have just gone to California. And I'm like, okay, John, pasty John, it was cold and rainy, and it was my birthday. And don't make me tell you about the overly sized man that I almost bit his finger off, and he's 80 years old. It was in that moment John regretted even commenting about California. <laughs> In conclusion, if you're going to go to California, you know, like, check the weather channel. It could be cold. And if you're going to come to my gig, don't put your finger on my mouth unless you want to eat it for dinner. Happy birthday to me. See you next week.